Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer and episode 195 of the Speaking Club podcast. Here are a couple of great jokes from Lusher.com about marketing that tickled me. What's the best place to hide a body? On the second page of Google. I've called my cat the vast majority of social media because he doesn't like me, follow me or share anything. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So. If you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey there, how are you doing? Did you go all out for Halloween or were you in the living room with the lights out pretending not to be home? I'm not judging, I've done both. I hope you're well. Thanks for joining me again here on The Speaking Club. And today we are focusing on marketing. Now, as you know, speaking is a powerful marketing tool that can help you grow your business. But there are a few marketing fundamentals you need to have in place in order for it to have maximum impact. The trouble is that marketing can feel as big and overwhelming as the universe. And that can paralyze you or have you spinning off in all directions, neither of which will get you the results that you want. So we need to find some way of making marketing manageable. And that's why I've brought Kay King onto the show. Now, Kay has had a long career in marketing, working for big brands like Kenko, Hilton and the Nationwide Building Society, to name but a few. But when she left her corporate job to start up her own marketing consultancy, she found so many myths around marketing for small business owners. And these myths were causing fear, confusion and overwhelm and ultimately stopping those people from having successful businesses. So today Kay is on a mission to debunk these myths that paralyse people, stop them doing marketing or cause them to waste time, energy and money on marketing that isn't right for them. Using her experience she's able to strip everything right back to basics through practical, manageable and stress-free mentoring. And Kay is here to share her thoughts on how to promote your business in a way that feels right for you and also how she uses speaking to grow her business too. So if you feel afraid, frustrated or overwhelmed by this huge machine called marketing or you just want some fresh ideas, then you'll love this show. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to the Speaking Club, Kay King. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while now. Uh, we work together on some projects and I know how good you are. So I know you've got some gems to share with my audience. So oh, let's let, <laughs> let's start off. First of all, I want you to tell me about your experience of working for a marketing agency that has global clients. It was manic. And I worked in marketing agencies for like almost 30 years and 99% of the time, I absolutely loved it. You know, it's exciting. There's a massive buzz. You get to work with some incredibly talented people, creative people, very, very 
clever strategists. Um, and when it's all going well, it's fabulous. It's a really, really brilliant environment to work in. The flip side of it is that there is a huge amount of pressure. You know, they're, they're, when you're working with big clients, um, working with people like Hilton Hotels or Mitsubishi or um, HomeSense, big, big brands, they've got massive targets, they've got deadlines to meet, and we are the people that have to help them deliver that. And there is always pressure to get the income in as well from the agency board. So, yeah, it's incredibly hard work as well as being quite a lot of fun. And I want to take you back, actually, because I don't think I've ever asked you this. When you were a little girl, <laughs> what did you want to do? Was, was you know, oh. where, did, where did marketing fit into that, into the sort of dreams and ambitions of that little K? Absolutely nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. When I left school, I wanted to be a journalist. But my mum, for some reason, didn't think journalism was a suitable profession for a, a young woman. Don't, don't ask me why. Um, it was the 70s or 80s or something it was the 80s I'm not that old and um, so yeah and I did French at uni because I enjoyed French and I was good at it so that's what I did then I thought actually maybe I don't quite want to go to work yet so I did a postgrad in uh, international marketing so languages and marketing and quite liked the marketing side of it Um, and found a job where you leave uni don't you you apply for jobs and I got this job with the a graduate training scheme in this huge marketing agency in Sirencester um didn't know where Sirencester was I was from Hull came down joined the grad scheme it was very very competitive they had like 400 applications for eight places so I was quite excited about that joined their grad scheme and got sucked into the world of marketing what would be the sort of distinction between the types of things that you were doing for the agency for some of those global clients compared to the marketing that say you or I would do for our smaller businesses uh well the biggest difference is the budgets so you know we could spend a lot of money on um on the the stuff we were doing I always worked in direct marketing agencies so uh there's kind of not much distinction now between Mm -hmm. you know a marketing agency is a marketing agency and we communicate as a business whether you're coca-cola or somebody who runs a coaching business with one person you communicate with your audience in whatever way works best for them and so the agencies have kind of morphed a bit so they're using uh what we used to call direct marketing, which was direct mail and database marketing, uh, that is everywhere now, you know, on digital platforms, in print, um, in networking, in speaking. It's just about communicating your message with your audience in the right way for them and for you. And and the budget, presumably. And the budget, yeah, sorry, yeah. Does that answer your question, though? But the budget is the biggest thing. But the principles are still the same, whether you're working for Kraft Foods. We launched Kenko um, Freeze-Dried Instant was a a new thing in the category in instant coffee. And, um, you know, they had massive budgets to put behind the launch of that. But we still had to educate the customer. We still had to help people understand the benefits of it and get them to buy it. 
Yeah. So there we are. So you long career in in this in this big uh, marketing agencies with big budgets. And how from there did you end up doing what you do today? Well, how long have you got, Sarah? So we enough time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I got to the point about five years ago where the grind of agency life was beginning to wear me down. Dave and I, my husband and I had been off to a festival somewhere and uh, on the way back we stopped at the motorway services and I just, we'd had such a brilliant few days and I just sat there looking at my Danish pastry and thought, I feel sick, I can't do this anymore, I just, I just can't do another however many years it is in agency life and I need to get out and my husband had been saying to me for a while you know this this isn't doing you any good you know there's there was a lot of me coming home in tears and being really stressed and not having any time to do anything else but work and um, we kind of took a bit of a leap of faith he said he said well if you hand in your notice at Christmas, you can leave by next March. I was on three months notice. And I went back into work that, that week and thought, okay, yeah, that's only another eight months to go or something. And I thought, I can't wait. I can't wait that long. So I came home and I said to him, mm, I think I need to hand in my notice now, which means I can leave by Christmas. And he was like, okay, okay, yeah right let's do that um so that's what I did and so yeah handed in my notice my MD we were just about to launch uh, or start quite a big communications project for Nationwide Building Society um and my MD wanted me to lead that project and she kept putting me in meetings with the client and I kept saying I'm leaving in December I'm leaving in December and in the end I was very fortunate in one way to get some contract work from them for my first few months of being self-employed so that was quite helpful in the transition because she didn't want to take me off that project so oh that's cool so sort of cushioned entry into cushioned entry, into that yeah. world and then yeah. what happened next well then I uh when I left the agency world I thought well I'm a marketer I can't do anything else I'll be a marketing consultant for small businesses you know that'll work and I started to work with two or three quite decent clients. And one of them was a lovely business based in Gloucestershire. And I loved working with them. They were great. And their business was really successful. And we did some exciting stuff. I helped them create a new website. And then they just kind of fell off the radar a bit. They stopped. I kept kind of saying, oh, shall I come in to do this? And shall we talk about that project? And and they weren't responding to my emails uh, or my phone calls. And eventually I got hold of the MD and uh, she was really, really embarrassed. She said, we can't afford to work with you anymore. And I was like, OK, uh, good. <laughs> in my head, I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God, swear words in my head. Uh, what we're going to do for money and the the challenge the problem was the big mistake that I'd made was that I was still kind of thinking in the same way as I would think working with the big clients that I used to work with so not 
yes, I knew that their budgets were smaller. Obviously, I knew I was working with smaller budgets. What I hadn't factored in was that they didn't have a dedicated marketing team. They had people who did marketing alongside their day job. So people who were operations people did a bit of marketing. People who were customer services people did a bit of marketing. All the clients I'd ever worked with had massive departments of people whose day job was marketing 100% of their time. So the plans that I wanted these guys to put into place, the things I was helping them do, they just didn't have the time, the resources, or the skills to put that stuff into action. So all they could see was they were paying me for ideas that they then couldn't implement or not in the time that would make it effective. So that was a bit of a lesson. (laughs) And then I just spent a lot of time desperately, desperately trying to plug that gap because that was quite a big client um, for me. And I was started to feel quite stressed about income. Um, And so I kind of threw myself into networking and desperately, desperately trying to get more work. Uh, And then I hit a bit of a wall in December, November 2017 um, and just became quite ill. Went to the GP, had various things. They said they thought I had a vitamin B deficiency, had some vitamin B jabs, uh, did some other stuff. Nothing was making me feel any better. And I got to the point after a couple of months where I couldn't get up the stairs without having to sit down for a rest. If I had a shower, I had to sit on the bed and have a rest before I could get dressed. And when I got dressed, there was no energy left to dry my hair. So it was just terrifying because I was just completely, I was normally a very busy, very active, very energetic person. I was quite a fit person. And all of a sudden I couldn't really function. So I had loads of tests. I had blood tests for every single horrible disease that you could imagine. I had ECGs, chest x-rays, and everything came back negative, which was quite good because I didn't have anything that was going to kill me anytime soon, which was nice. Um, But it was also quite frustrating and quite scary because I was still feeling the same. Um, So clearly something was quite seriously wrong. Um, And in the end, the GP said, uh, it's chronic fatigue syndrome, or it might be post-viral chronic fatigue. Hmm, Interesting, when now we're talking about long COVID, I know all about the impact that a virus can have on people. But I didn't really appreciate that. Um, I didn't think I'd had a virus. So I didn't really buy into that. I said, okay, great. What do we do? What do we do? What's the cure? What can I take? What can I, when can I get better? Uh, And he said, there's nothing. There's nothing that can be done. It's, it's time. You just have to wait. Which was the toughest thing to hear because I'm the kind of person who fixes things. I'm the kind of person, if something's wrong, I go, right, okay, we will do this and then it'll be better. Um, And I, there was nothing that I could do. So I 
went home feeling pretty crap and just sort of wallowed for a bit and uh and then various friends and things said have you thought about trying this I, I knew a friend who was a nutritionist she said I can have a chat with you um and I started reading lots and lots of stuff about our immune systems and how our bodies when they're under massive amounts of stress will just literally shut down which I believe is what had happened to me so I'd had um, I'd lost both my parents in quite a short space of time. I had this incredibly stressful job. I'd been made redundant a couple of times. That's really common in agency life. Um, so over the space of about eight years before this, I'd had lots and lots of stress, but just kind of carried on dealing with it. You kind of go, oh yeah, I'm all right now. I'll do this. And I'm better now. I've recovered from that episode of grief. I'll crack on. Um, and eventually your body just goes, no, stop. So, um, that's what happened, I think. So that must've been scary because of how you were feeling physically. Yeah. Um, but also it effectively stopped your business in its tracks. Yeah. So how did you, what, what happened? You know, how were you coping with that? Uh, I was, um, quite stressed about that and I was I had a couple of clients that I was working with that there were projects that we were we were trying to finish off and um I thought I actually thought I'll just chuck it all in and tell them to go and work with someone else and I was working with a coach at the time who said just tell them what's going on tell them what's going on um and I could work for maybe an hour a day um, sometimes too, if I was really careful around everything else I did that day and just went back to bed. Um, and so I did, I messaged them and said, you know, I've got this condition. I'm really not well. Um, I can do meetings on zoom. So I discovered zoom three years before everyone else. Yeah. Um, you know, it might just take us a little bit longer to get these projects finished. And my clients were fantastic. You know, people generally are kind and understanding and they weren't my big agency clients who would have gone tough shit. We'll find someone else. Yeah. Um, they were people who genuinely were concerned about me. So that's what I did. I kind of struggled on for a few more months, got those projects finished. And then obviously, because I wasn't doing any marketing of my own business, when those projects finished, there was nothing in the pipeline there was no clients waiting in the wings for me to pick up and I didn't have the energy to or the headspace the you know the brain fog was hideous um I didn't have any capacity to to find more clients so um yeah that was a bit of a scary big black hole <laughs> was there some clarity that came through the fog what yeah I guess you know how, how did things carry on what changed yeah. what happened so I had a couple of light bulb moments I I spent a lot of time the the upside of the illness was that I spent a lot of time in bed and so I spent a lot of time just thinking and one of the things that I had really really missed from my agency life was training and developing my team so I was head of the client services team in my last three jobs 
So I was responsible for all of the account handling team whose relationship were, whose job was to build relationships with the clients. I absolutely loved seeing people come in straight from uni, develop and grow and reach their full potential, get promoted, maybe get promoted with us and then go off to another amazing job somewhere else. And that was the thing that absolutely fired me up. I was so, so proud when somebody who had come into us really green, really unsure of themselves, just blossomed and grew in confidence and properly, properly thrived in, in the environment because we had helped them do that. Um, and I really, really missed that in my new life. And I'd spoken to a friend and said how, you know, that I'd missed it and I didn't see how it could work with my new job as a consultant. Um, and she said, why not? And I was like, oh, that's a good question. Why not? And I started to think about it. And around about that time, I'd started to remember people that I'd spoken to who were not the businesses that I was working with, um, the kind of two million pound turnover people with employing 30 or 40 people. I'd met a few people who were sole traders, micro businesses, tiny, tiny businesses, desperately trying to do this thing called marketing. And they were wasting huge amounts of money or an awful lot of time and energy doing marketing that just wasn't right for them. So I met a lady who had spent £800 on a Facebook advertising course, not even on the ads, on a course, and she got nothing from it. And I knew from having a conversation with her that she wouldn't get anything from it because she wasn't clear about her audience. She wasn't clear about her message. It didn't matter how much money she chucked at it. She was never going to get any leads from that advertising because she hadn't done the really important stuff to begin with. And I started to feel quite cross that people were taking money off these people when they should have said, no, I can't help you. You need to get this bit right first, then come back and I can help you with your Facebook ads. That made me really angry because people, they don't have money to waste and they were just being ripped off and they had no idea that they were being ripped off. They thought they were doing the right thing for their business and they weren't. So I kind of, I knew that I could help these people. So I started to think how I might do that. Um, I started to think about maybe I could be some kind of marketing coach, mentor type thing. And actually what I do is a bit of both. So I, when I started to feel a bit better, I contacted two or three people and said, I'm, I've got this idea. Will you be a guinea pigs for me? And I tried it out on a few people. And they all said, yeah, this, you know, the way you explain things, the way you break things down is really, it's really helpful. And it really makes everything feel less complicated and less scary. So that's what I decided to do. And whilst I was kind of recovering, I started to think about what my services could be, how I might make it work. And then eventually last year, actually rebranded and relaunched my business as taking marketing mentor. Brilliant. And so what, I guess, if you had to sum up, you know, the end of your journey, the mission that you're on today, how would you sort of sum that up? It is absolutely to make sure that 
that fear of marketing never gets in the way of anyone's business dreams because marketing is so, so critical to our businesses. Every single one of us has got, we've got to promote our businesses. If we don't, no one knows we're there. And actually, more importantly, we can't help the people that we know we can help. That's more important in some cases than making loads of money. There are people out there who need your help. And if you are not promoting your business, they won't know you're there and they won't get your help. And we have to kind of stop that. And so, yeah, my mission is to stop people being scared of marketing, to stop Mm -hmm. people feeling afraid, overwhelmed, frustrated by this huge machine that we call marketing. And it's interesting, actually, because I I do want to just take a moment with you to to make a distinction because marketing has almost developed a reputation that's as as bad as selling the way things have have gone on and I just wanted to take a second to make a distinction you know you in your opinion what that is between marketing and sales what is the difference in your opinion just so you know people can understand that first of all Good question. So in my opinion, actually, for a small business, they they all merge into one. Sales and marketing is all part of the same journey. And um, I think the people, people think that marketing is as bad as sales, as you put it, because there are a lot of people out there doing shouty, hit me over the head marketing, mm. um, saying, buy my stuff, being really aggressive about it. So people feel uncomfortable about that Um, but for me marketing is helping people find you and sales is helping people make the right choice to buy from you whether that's helping them decide what the right product or service is for them or helping them decide maybe that you're not the right person for them and somebody else might be so yeah I think marketing is helping people find you and sales is helping people make the right choice when they come to buy but marketing doesn't stop when people have bought from you you know you absolutely have to keep going with that delighting your clients making them feel like you're the best thing ever so that they will continue to work with you or buy your stuff or they'll recommend you then to other people so that whole customer experience piece is and I guess that goes back to your client services background as well, which is you know making that customer feel special and yes. and looked after along yeah. the journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we we used to so not only were we responsible for making sure our clients customers were kind of surprised and delighted all the time, but we always were conscious of going above and beyond and and delivering exceptional service to our clients yeah cool okay and now you've said that some things have really wound you up in terms of what you've seen going on in the marketing world particularly aimed at small businesses can you share with me and and the audience the top sort of myths or assumptions or mistakes or whatever that really push your buttons Yeah. So the things that really push my buttons are the people who push marketing as being all about the tech, the people who say that you 
can't promote your business if you haven't got a funnel and a lead magnet and an email platform and you're not building this massive email list that you are failing if you're not doing that. Yes, those things are very, very valuable tools as part of a marketing strategy if they are right for you and your business and your clients. If the thought of building a funnel and setting up an email sequence leaves you feeling quite sick, don't do it. You don't have to do it. You can promote your business in other ways. I did actually make a client cry once when I told her that. Um, But she, luckily, I was a little bit scared and a bit anxious when I saw her crying, but she was crying with relief. She had been, was desperately trying to do this great complicated thing because somebody had told her she had to. She'd paid a lot of money to go on some program where they said, you have to do this. And she thought she couldn't promote her business without it. Um, and she worked with me and she didn't have to do any of that. And she's much happier now and doing okay, promoting her business through the little local magazine things that come through the door in her community because that's where her clients are and that's what works for her. That's cool. And what else? So I know there's one particular one I've seen you you sort of pushing back on around social media. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Social media is not marketing. Okay, there I've said it again. I do say it quite a lot. Social media is not marketing if you are posting five times a day seven days a week on your social media you are not doing marketing if you don't have a strategy behind it you might be you might be doing a brilliant job and social media is an incredibly valuable tool for all of us to build our businesses but if you go straight to i'm going i need to do some marketing for my business I'm going to set up an Instagram account and start posting about my stuff. You're not doing marketing. You're posting on Instagram about stuff. And marketing is about building connections with your audience. And if you are just randomly chucking stuff out there on your social platform of choice, you're not doing marketing. Sorry to all of those social media (laughs) managers out there, because I have a lot in my network and I love them all and they're all amazing at what they do and all the ones that I know will uh, make sure that you've got a strategy in place first but there are a lot who don't yeah I think this is this is the thing isn't it it's, it's putting the cart before the horse in yeah. so many different ways so even with things like SEO you know all of that yep. stuff as well you can have you know you can't do any of this stuff until you've got the fundamentals clear and that's the hard work people struggle with this we struggle with it ourselves it's the hard stuff and you know I guess what are the most important things people need to focus on in your opinion to increase the chances of their marketing and this other stuff working for them if it's appropriate for them um I'm going to ask you to ask me that question again in a minute because I'm going to say The reason people get sucked into this uh, rabbit hole that they think they're doing marketing when they're not is that when you say to somebody, what is marketing? They go, it's social media. It's the website. It's emails. It's SEO. 
And actually, that is a marketing tool. All of those things are marketing tools or marketing channels. They're not marketing. So marketing per se is a process which starts with some planning and ends with the stuff that we all see, the stuff that comes through our letterbox, the stuff we see on telly. That whole thing is marketing. Um, and that last little bit, the tip of the iceberg, if you like, that everyone sees is not the whole picture. You've got to start way, way before that to make it work. So tell me what, where do they need to start? You need to start with three very simple questions. Who do you help? How do you help them? And why are you different? If you don't know who it is that you are talking to and how you can help them, you're not going to be able to build connections with them. You're not going to be able to make the things that you say, your messages, relevant to them. We're surrounded by thousands and thousands and thousands of messages every single day. We see it all around us. Um, and you've got to be able to make people stop and take notice. And if you don't know who it is that you're trying to attract the attention of, you never will. And why do you think people struggle so much with these, these questions? Because on the surface, they're relatively simple, aren't they? They're the most challenging things to get clear on. And it's, yeah. you know, it's really interesting to see that struggle all the time. Yeah, I think it's because people take the, you know, the who do you help question. People, first of all, they worry about going too narrow. Um, and we had this conversation with a joint client of ours yesterday, didn't we? Mm. They worry that if they define their audience too tightly um, and go too niche, I hate that word, but if they go too narrow, they won't be able to, um, they'll lose business, you know. excuse me they'll lose business and people will uh, uh, not come and buy from them because they'll think they're not for them but the other thing is that they forget I think that when we're talking about who you help defining your ideal client uh, your avatar I never ever use the word avatar by the way because the thing that we forget is that we are talking to human beings we're talking to people just like us and understanding them getting inside their heads and hearts is the thing that will connect you with them so you know people sometimes get hung up on the detail then but unless unless you sell breakfast cereal we don't need to know what our ideal clients eat for breakfast for example but we do need to know how they feel about the thing that we can help them with. We do need to know what conversations they're having with themselves that stop them getting what it is that they want, because that is what we can then tap into with our marketing. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I think another dimension to this, and I don't know if you've come across it, I certainly have with people that I've worked in the marketing space, well, to be honest, generally is getting in their own way so their own beliefs about themselves stops them from answering these simple questions often yes absolutely they do Um, and their own beliefs about themselves about uh, particularly when it's our business you know when it's your business it feels very personal so it feels really hard to put yourself out there and promote it Um, 
because you kind of start to think, oh, well, maybe I'm not good enough, really. Or people might start to criticize me or people might start to go, oh, who does she think she is saying this, that and the other? Um, but the other thing is that it is incredibly hard to view your own business from the outside in the way that someone on the outside of it will view it. There's a great phrase that um, you can't see the label from inside the jar. If you're inside a jam jar, you can't see whether you're inside a raspberry jam jar or a marmalade jar. But somebody on the outside can see that really easily. And when we're in our own businesses, that's where we are. We're inside that jar and we can't see beyond it. Um, so we need, all of us need people to help us unpick that and help us tackle those beliefs that you talked about. You've helped me with mine. I'm a marketer. I get help with marketing from you, Sarah. <laughs> so, you know, because I can't do it on my own. It's too hard to see my business from the point of view of somebody else is too hard for me to go really, really deep into my dream client's head uh, and heart without somebody asking me those really important questions. The other thing that people do all the time when, when I talk about how do you help them is talk about their stuff and the things that they do. You know, no one cares what you do. What they care about is how you can change their lives. What impact can you have on their health, their wealth, or their happiness? That's kind of it, really. So, yeah, that's the other mistake that people make is that they talk about the what. They talk about what they do instead of how that impacts on their dream clients. That's really, really good. And, and I want to, and you've created something, and I love the sort of the name of this thing in terms of what it implies for the people that you help. Um, it's called the marketing sanctuary. And I want to talk about that because you, all of those things that you were talking about that people need help with, you know, looking at the, the jar from the outside and, and sort of debunking these myths and helping them see the simple path that lies ahead mm -hmm. rather than the complicated one that's pulling them down and frustrating them. I want to touch on that, but before we get to that uh, and talking about the marketing sanctuary, I wanted to uh, talk to you about the other thing that you're known for. You're absolutely known for, you know, how do you help and who do you help and, you know, what the difference is. But the other thing that you're known for and that you bang on about, which is exactly what you should be doing, <laughs> is that marketing is just a conversation. And we've touched on it, I think, in some of the things that we've talked about. But could you just explain that a little bit more for people? Yes. So absolutely, marketing is just a conversation. And the reason um, I started to talk about that was because I started to see people, all these people who were kind of so scared of it. Um, and what they're scared of is the technology. They're scared of the algorithms. They're scared of being judged in social media spaces. So they couldn't get past that. And for me, marketing is just a conversation because that is all we're trying to do when we are hoping to connect with people who might be interested in working with us. We're building relationships. We're helping them decide on the right choice for them. And 
we're doing that through having conversations. We're doing that through talking to each other, understanding each other, getting to know each other. If you walk into a room full of people, you don't just walk in and start shouting about your stuff. You know, you find maybe one person, maybe two, and you have a conversation with them. You ask them questions. You find out what you've got in common with them. And the first one or two people you talk to, you might not have anything in common. And you might think, actually, I don't really want to build a relationship with that person. And then you find somebody that you properly click with. And that's because you've got things in common. You've got values in common. You've got beliefs in common. You've got ambition in common. And that comes through conversation. That's how you get to find out about those people and where they are in in the world. And having conversations helps them get to know you and helps you get to know them. So you can decide if you're right for each other. Does that explain it? Perfect. Yes. And so let's then return to the marketing sanctuary. So this is your... Well, you've got, you know, the, you've got a, f- a few core products, but this is, I feel like this is your baby. Um, it is my baby. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about the marketing sanctuary and, and what you try to do there and the sort of things that happen in there. So the marketing sanctuary is exactly as it is described. It is a safe space away from all of the shouty, hideous spammy, salesy marketing pitches and marketing approaches that you might see around you. It is a space to ask any question that you have about marketing. No question is a stupid question that, you know, that's just not a thing in the marketing sanctuary at all. And it's a space to get advice and support and encouragement. And sometimes some gentle nudges to make sure you are staying on the right track with your marketing. So um, we are an online community of small business owners who feel the way you might feel about your marketing. They, it feels spammy. It feels dirty. It feels overwhelming. It feels scary. Our mission in the marketing sanctuary is to make it feel comfortable and to help you feel confident and learn to embrace marketing so that you can use it to grow your business. And even though there's a gentle approach, you still are pushing for results and you've had them in there as well, haven't you? We have had them in there. We have had them in there. My outcome for my clients and for Marketing Sanctuary members or anyone who works for me, the primary outcome is that they believe in themselves that they find a new confidence in themselves, in their business, in their marketing. And through that, they will then grow their businesses because they will feel confident enough to get out there and promote their businesses. One of my Marketing Sanctuary members recently who did some other work with me as well, she has recently chosen to leave her part-time job and concentrate full-time on her business and that is just phenomenal and that makes me feel like I get that one of the things that I always talk about is that proud mum feeling that I get when one of my clients kind of goes live on Facebook for the first time after being absolutely terrified about it or 
like this in the case of Sophia, somebody who has had a, an ambition to focus 100% of her work time on a business that she's passionate about. And now she's going to be able to do that because she has learned to embrace marketing, make it work for her, and she's getting more business as a result, as a result of it. I've just realized who you are, actually. You are the Ted Lasso of marketing. And I don't, <laughs> you, I think you should, so Ted, <laughs> Ted Lasso is a, is a, the story is an American football coach comes to a UK football team. And Ted Lasso's approach to being a football coach is first to get the best out of them, to nurture them. So it's not about necessarily all about winning and losing. That's the ultimate thing but is to make them the best that they can be. So I've just positioned you now. I think that's that's who you are, Kate. You are the Ted Lasso, and that's Amazing. a compliment. You have, to, you. you have to watch it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. That was actually, you know, that was something that I struggled with a little bit myself initially was that, you know, I had to get results, business numbers results for people. But the reality is, as coaches anyway, we can't do that. We can't guarantee that because the people we are working with have to kind of keep to their side of the bargain. They have to, at some point, take the action that will get the business results. But the people that I work with will never take that action if they don't get to a place where they feel comfortable, they feel brave enough, they feel confident enough to, to go out there and do it. And I do that for them because I am constantly helping them see that they're not posting on LinkedIn, they are starting a conversation with Steve. My clients always give their ideal clients a name because you are talking to someone. My ideal client, one of them is called Alison. When I'm writing a blog, I'm not writing a blog. I'm talking to Alison about how she can feel better about her marketing. And I have a picture of her up on my office wall so that I can remind myself about that. That's brilliant. And I think this is another myth as well. I think this is an important point to make is that despite what you may see on Facebook or wherever, Instagram, overnight success in marketing, going from zero to seven figures in 30 days is oh pretty my much yes. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> so you've got to like, it's, it's a bit of a long game, you know? So um, yes, that's, that's the other thing I think it's important to sort of say to people, you're not likely to get overnight success in marketing absolutely not and those people those people with their beach houses and their Porsches and their you know beautiful perfect children who are flogging those seven figure systems really really do make me quite angry they are manipulating people into parting with quite a lot of money and if those people are not in the right place to do all of that stuff, then they're not going to get value from it. They're not going to benefit from it. And yes, those systems can work for some people and they do work for some people. But if you're the kind of person that feels uncomfortable, you know, with that um, kind of, you could have it for $500. No, I'm going to give you something that's worth $500 and I'm going to give you something that's worth $800 and I'm going to give you something that's worth $1,500 and I'm only going to charge you $1,000. You know, if you feel uncomfortable with all of that stuff, then you're not going to change because that's who you are. 
and you don't have to go that way to do marketing. You can do marketing in a much gentler, com more conversational way and build relationships with people in a way that works for you and feels right for you rather than thinking you've got to be a spammy, shouty salesperson to do marketing. And that, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, we're, I'm all for the transformation. Like we really yep. must talk about the before and after if we've had success with our own product or our case studies have, but it's being, how can I put it, responsible in some ways absolutely. in terms of the way that you position that. Yes, absolutely. Being responsible in the way you position it, being responsible about who this is for and who it's not for. So marketing mm. is as much about um, pushing away people who are not yep. right for you. We all want to work with people who light us up, who inspire us. And if we are putting out spammy, shouty, kind of really hard hitting marketing, and we're not really that person, we're going to attract people who are attracted by those kinds of messages. And when we start to work with them, it's just going to feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And you won't get the best out of uh, the relationship and your clients certainly won't. So really just be yourself. That's one of the biggest top tips I would give people. Be yourself. Don't overthink it. It is just a conversation. That's all it is. And also marketing isn't boasting. I often get clients going, you know, they've got these amazing testimonials. And I, and I say, well, where are you sharing them? Well, I'm not. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You've got these fantastic reviews from your clients. They're doing your marketing for you by telling someone how amazing you are and you're not sharing it. And it's because we have that thing that we shouldn't be showing off. Mm. And, um, and it's not boasting, it's business. Yeah. That's it. It's not boasting, it's business. You are helping people find you so that you can help them. Absolutely. Brilliant. And how important do you believe stories, and I'm going to say speaking as well, are in marketing as you know, a part of your marketing strategy? They are really important. They are because stories are what help us connect emotionally. So when we make a decision to buy something, we always, always make that decision at an emotional level whether we're buying a tin of beans or whether we're buying a house. And people might think that that isn't the case, but if it wasn't the case, we would all buy Aldi own brand baked beans. No one would ever buy Heinz baked beans, but there is an emotional connection with that brand um, because of, you know, the stories of the kids coming home from school and on a cold, wet day and having beans on toast and, feeling all cozy and warm and comfy because they've had Heinz beans on toast. And those stories are what bring emotion into our marketing. If we don't have stories, we're just talking about our stuff. Um, mm. It helps people remember us. It helps people remember the messages that we're sharing and it helps us be more relatable. So it's probably more important as sole trader businesses, micro business owners, um, in some ways than it is for a big brand because it helps people connect with us more personally. Absolutely. And, and you, you also use speaking, don't you? I do. I do. Because I, um, well, I think 
speaking is marketing anyway. We've had this conversation many times. It, um, it absolutely is. And marketing is speaking because it's a conversation. You know, even if you are uh, writing articles for your website or writing social media content, you're still speaking. You may not be using your actual voice, but you are speaking to your dream client um, and the people out there to help them find you. So, yes, I do use speaking in my marketing. I do podcast appearances. Here I am. Um, I speak at networking events um, and I'm hoping to do more of that next year. So, yeah. It is a great way to get your message one to many, basically. Yeah. And I, I think people, because of the kind of person I am, I'm quite a calm person. And when people hear me speak or when people meet me, they connect with me um, and they get it in some ways more easily than, than they might through reading an article. Although when I launched my new website, one of my clients did message me and say that he really loved the copy on my website and he could hear me saying it when he read it, which was brilliant because that's how it should be. That's Absolutely. how our marketing should be. So. Brilliant, brilliant. And I'm gonna we're gonna come on to where people can find you and where people can find out more, particularly about the marketing sanctuary. And I know I think you've got something special going on, which we want to share with people. Um, but before that, I have some standard questions, Kay, that I want to to ask you. Okay. Um, the first, <laughs> the first is if you could sum. This is the speaking club. We always ask these questions. The first is if you could sum up um, what speaking has done for you. Um, that would be cool. What has speaking done for me? Speaking has uh, helped me get my message out to more people. So it's helped me make more people feel better about marketing and stop feeling scared about marketing. Whenever I speak at a networking event or on a podcast, people contact me and go, wow, that's brilliant. That feels so much better. You know, if marketing is just a conversation, then it's really not scary and that's the thing that resonates most with people is when I say it is just a conversation it's not tech it's not funnels it's not this big massive scary thing you're just having a conversation with people um, and when you think about it that way it feels less scary and much more manageable and that's exactly what speaking is as well. It's just yeah. you having a conversation with more people <laughs> yeah. in, in one place you know exactly so- that. That's, you know, that which is why, you know, it's a great way to think about speaking as well. Cool. And have you ever had one of those gigs, like a really bad speaking gig, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I just want to forget that. Has that ever happened to you? Um, no, I don't think it has. I don't okay. think I don't think it has because I haven't done until this year. I hadn't done that much speaking. I did have a, a situation where somebody at a networking thing asked me what I did, my very first networking event, asked me what I did, and I said, marketing. And he said, oh, what kind of marketing? Silence. I was completely unprepared for that question because in my head I was like, well, it doesn't matter what kind of marketing I do because what matters is what will be the right thing for you and your business. Therein lies the problem of the jar. what people think is marketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back, back to the jar. Back to that jar, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Okay, cool. Um, what's the one book that you've read that's had most impact on your life and why? Oh, uh, 
Well, there's two, I suppose. One is a business book, which is The One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. I read it at least twice a year and it just helps you just focus on what matters and not get distracted by all of the shiny objects that we all get distracted by. But the other one, which had a a massive impact on me, was The Salt Path by Raina Wynn. I don't know if you've read that. And that is about a woman and her husband who are completely through no fault of their own, end up homeless. And they choose to walk the Cornish coastal path. And it is one of the most inspirational, uplifting stories I have ever read. It sounds like it might be quite depressing, but it's inspiring because their whole journey is inspiring. The husband is diagnosed with quite a a very serious illness, but they decide to go off anyway. And um, the impact that the walk has on them both is just incredible. But also it helped really, really helped me understand how the the day-to-day reality of how difficult life is for people who don't have um, a home. You know, we all kind of go, oh yeah, it's really hard being homeless, till you actually really understand how making your last 40p stretch, you know, can you buy a tin of beans and a tin of packet of rice? Probably not. We'll just have to have beans between the two of us you know the tiny tiny detail of how hard life is but also very inspirational so I'll definitely check that one out I think I've heard you mention it somewhere else before but um I'll definitely look at that okay what's the best bit of business advice you've had and why the best bit of business advice I've had oh gosh I've had so much I think stay in your own lane just do what you do focus on your business and your vision because you are on that path for a reason. I know that I'm on the path of marketing mentoring for a reason. I know that my dream clients are people who feel afraid, overwhelmed and frustrated by marketing because I know I can help them and I get the biggest buzz ever from helping those people and seeing their confidence grow. Um, but I get distracted by people going, oh, you should be working with these people. You should be working with these people. You should be doing X, Y, and Z in your business. I have to remind myself that what I am choosing to do is the right thing for me. Yeah. And it's staying that path as well when things get difficult as they always do. When you think there aren't any clients out there who are going to work with you and you go, oh, maybe I should change direction, but no, this is the right path for me. Excellent. Cool. And the last question then, um, if you could have one mentor and they can be alive or dead, oh, fictional no. or non-fictional, who would you choose and why? Oh, no, I should have listened to some of your podcasts. I listened to loads of them, but I couldn't remember what these questions were <laughs> so that I couldn't prepare myself. One mentor, alive or dead. God, that's really hard. Fictional or non-fictional? Uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. So when you said that, because he's such a wise old bear, you know, he's like, he does his thing in the way that works for him. Or maybe Christopher Robin, maybe Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh together. You know, they've got it right. If you're on the right path, if everything feels all right, then it's all right. 
think we need to revise the book now as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> that's, I think that's my favourite ever answer uh, on that question. Um, brilliant. Listen, Kay, thank you so, so much for sharing your journey, being so open about everything and the great tips and being yourself um, throughout this interview to help other people have some light bulb moments about marketing. And where can people go? Where's the best place for people to go to find out more about you, about working with you uh, and what you're up to? My website is marketingmentork.com. That's K with an E. I am K with an E. I am on LinkedIn as K King Marketing Mentor. And I'm on Instagram as at Mentor K. I'm also on Facebook as K King Marketing Mentor, but not very active on Facebook on my page, given that Facebook is a bit of a black hole sometimes. But it's definitely yes. turning out that way. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. Cool. And, and I know that we talked about the Marketing Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a special offer. I wonder if you could share about that and where people can go to take advantage of that. Yeah, we missed a little bit out about what the Marketing Sanctuary is and how people get my support in there in that Mm -hmm. we have monthly coaching calls where you can talk about your business challenges and ideas and get help on those. We have guest speakers who will help you with things like Canva. We've got someone tomorrow doing a training session on how to use Canva and all the training is always recorded for you to look at whenever it suits you. Plus we have a Facebook group where you can ask your questions. That one is is all right. People can find it. So yes, yeah, sorry, the offer for the Marketing Sanctuary. Marketing Sanctuary membership is a monthly membership of £37 a month. And you can try it out for just £5 for your first month. Sarah will share the link in the show notes, but you can come along ask your questions, view the training, join a coaching call, and just find out what a lovely, supportive, encouraging, gentle bunch we are for your first month for just £5. So give it a go. I'd love to see you in there. Um, And I'd love to meet some more of your listeners, Sarah. Brilliant. And I hope uh, people take advantage of that just to see if it's a good fit for them. and what you can offer brilliant okay thank you so much Kay for sharing all of that stuff and good luck with the sanctuary and everything else that you're working on thank you it's been a pleasure I've had a great time chatting with you Sarah smashing take care Kay Bye. bye I hope that sparked some new ideas and perspectives about marketing for you Kay and I have similar philosophies I believe speaking is just a conversation too, but one based on really knowing your target audience and where you want to take them to. And if what Kay said resonated with you, then do and go and check out her stuff. Take her up on that £5 offer for the Marketing Sanctuary and all just go and say hi. Oh, and she did want me to let you know that she's now fully recovered and back to riding her bike, baking and paddleboarding. Thanks again for joining me. And I'll be back next week to give you some more speaking and marketing aha moments. As ever, if you are a regular listener and you get value from the show, would you help me out by taking a couple of minutes to leave an honest rating or review over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. Thanks very much for that. In the meantime, though, don't you forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. 
Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week, we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking, from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.